Dueling Dialogues presents His and Hers with Grace Matthews, Caddy Man, and Connor Murphy. Welcome to episode 28 of His and Hers with Grace Matthews and the Caddy Man with special guest Alexis Taylor Middleton of WestCoastWomanPower.com. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hey, 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 hey. So we're very excited to have Alexis with us. Alexis, are you there? I'm right here. Okay. So, Alexis, welcome. Thank you. We're certainly glad to have you. And um, I see that you have launched your new site called West Coast Woman Power. Yes, I have. And thank you very much for inviting me onto your show. You're welcome. We're very glad to have you. You're actually our first special guest. (laughs) On this show, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, So you're doing a podcast, right? Yes. And you have this new website. I do. But your journey started many, many, many years ago, right? Well, that sounded sounded kind of bad, but... um, (laughs) (laughs) You, You had an inner voice speaking to you when you were very young. Not that you're very old, but that when you were very young, right? That's right. I'm ancient in my my knowing, and I look really young. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I'm looking at you right now, and you look really young. So, um, uh, tell tell me a little bit about what, and our listeners, of course, about at the age of nine. Yes, at the age of nine years old, I was actually in a really, really awful car accident. And it resulted in me having a death experience and went through the tunnel and the lights. And I believe it was my grandmother who had had a brain aneurysm, which caused the accident. And I believe she was there waiting for me and basically said, that I wasn't done. There was still work to do, and I was sent back. And I woke up actually on the operating table in the hospital. That's, that's very powerful. I mean, a lot of times, Connor and I have discussed about the little club, and, and it's not really a club at all, but you sort of know people that have experienced that um, not necessarily always the death experience that you experienced but that brush with death and how it changes you yes it's interesting I actually came back from that experience feeling that I wasn't good enough that I wasn't I wasn't worthy to to stay where I had been with my grandmother and that for me to come back and have this earth experience it made me feel like I was going to have to work really hard to to earn the right to to go back so there was an expectation that came with this yes absolutely oh okay that's new and you were so young. I mean, I, I, I hear 
and have talked to a lot of people or a reasonable amount of people that have had uh, an experience like yours, but the responsibility. That, can you tell us a little bit more about you felt that at nine or you felt that later on? Oh, I felt it at nine. Oh, wow. And it's something that followed me. And even as I went into adulthood, I would meditate. And when I went to university, I went to Carleton University in Ottawa. And I had this little ritual before I'd walk to the university for my classes. And uh, I would just meditate. And sometimes on the way back, even if it was 10, 1030 at night, walking through the beautiful crystallized snow, I would sit on a bench in one of the parks. Not safe, but hey, you know, you're 19, you know it all. <laughs> and <laughs> And... I had a vision that there was a great deal more to come for me. And long story short, I ended up getting married after university and having my children. Uh, at that point, uh, I'd had two children. And interestingly... I had a vision the night before my girlfriend and I were to go out to a special center to meet some, a, a, a guest speaker who was of Mayan heritage. And I actually had this very strong sense that I was re-meeting this person. And the next day we went and sure enough, it was this elder that I had had memories or visions of from when I was really young for many years, but the face would change and the body would change in its, you know, he was getting taller, right? Um, so when I actually met him, he, he kind of laughed and I had said to him, do you have that birthmark? And he looked at me and he said, well, what do you mean? And I said, there's a birthmark on your body, I think the size of a quarter. Anyway, he showed me on his abdomen and sure enough, there was a birthmark. And he said, how, how would you know that? And I said, well, you were my, my student. So in, this, in his lifetime, I have met him twice. Hmm. <laughs> That's very goodness. Good. <laughs> so, it's just when well, he what was, was the meaning behind meeting him twice. Well, I apparently had been a teacher in Guatemala uh, at some point. I don't know for how long, and then the um, I, I guess it was the village had been raided, and uh, there were people that ended up dying and I was one of them so here I come back apparently this is also according to the the elders and so here I am and they felt he he was spending time with his wife looking for some of the people the elders had asked and I was one of them. They had their visions. They'd been looking for me since I was 10 years old. 
because they said that something would happen to me before then and I would have to make a decision as to whether I would be coming back. Wow. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that is like a well. That, that's the reason now I understand he was, he was looking for the people. Yes. And so, you know, do you still see him? No. Okay. Okay. So that part of the journey is. That has come to its close. Okay. Yeah. It's come to its close. Okay. When you were nine years old and you were on the other side and you were with your grandmother, what did you see and feel? It was really, it's a wonderful question. When the impact of the accident happened, I had hit the windshield in the back of my head. So immediately it was, boom, I was out of my body. And I was going through what one calls the tunnel of lights. And it was moving at rapid speed. And it was literally like a dark tunnel with a light that you're following all the way up to the very top. And then it's like I was pushed out into this big white cloudy type space and I remembered looking and I I felt like if you've ever seen a paisley on a a design I felt like a little paisley thing just moving around and I had no thoughts no memory no recollection of who I was or my life and I just remembered being drawn to a couple of deep voices over towards the right. And as I went, and this all happened probably within, you know, seconds. But sure, to me, sure. there's no, to me, there was no time. And it was my grandmother who I learned later had just passed away. And there was uh, our old family friend, Mary. And Mary and my grandmother were having this discussion as to whether I should stay with them or be returned. <laughs> Come back to her. And next so thing I know. So it was like their decision? Yes. Wow. That's interesting. Wow. I was very upset. <laughs> you know, it, 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 I, I bet. But, you know, I just want to interject for people that have seen Miracles from Heaven. The little girl described going to the other side and that, you know, it's a true story. Um, The movie portrays it, but she describes it very much the same way you did. Of course, Hmm. the little Paisley was more of a butterfly to her. Yeah. Okay. And she said once she got there, after she got past the clouds, it became what she later described as it looked like a Monet painting where wow. everything's kind of incomplete. You know how Monet, the watercolors would be an impression because he was, of course, an impressionist. Yes. And But the journey through the tunnel and um, she called it the butterfly, you called it like the paisley, was identical and then this, this sort of cloudy white space that's remarkable i had no idea yeah yeah you really you really should watch the movie it's it's 
or read the book, but it, it described it very much the same. And I just happened to watch the movie a few days ago. It's a four-year-old movie. <laughs> so it's very fresh in my mind. And I did say uh, I did I looked up, you know, um, what she's doing now and and you know, this whole idea of the Monet painting um, struck me really interesting because I've always loved Monet too. But I, you know, what do you do? Okay, you have this experience. You know your life is maybe special. I mean, of course, all of our, our lives are special, especially to us. But you have this particular burden. I see that. Yes. What do you do with that? What do you do that with that? And you don't want to get totally messed up over it. I found that it just pushed me. It drove me to do better, to give more, to be more. And I realized only years later that it's not about giving more or receiving less. It's actually about doing the utmost that one can to live their life as fully and as consciously and as mindfully and as truthfully as one can. So I know you you often use the word journey. Yes. And 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 this is your journey, but you sort of believe this is everyone's journey. That or that everyone has a journey. Everyone does. I really believe that. But sometimes those journeys can entail one particular requirement and it can be to learn how to say no or I need help, or I want to do this on my own. Sometimes we can spend years and years creating these experiences and there can be suffering and hardships, but sometimes it's because we're literally to learn to have the experience of being able to say, I no longer want this. I don't want to live your story. This is my story. Sometimes it's just that simple. Right. But we all have a purpose. Yes. And, and, and do we kind of know that purpose before we're born? Do you believe that? I knew mine, but not everyone has that awareness. And because this life experience is so individual, I really believe it just depends on where they are as they're being born. Right. So even before the age of nine, you felt like you had a purpose. Yes, I did. You felt this before this accident happened because you had the imprint of a, a former life? I would say yes. It wasn't entirely apparent to me. It was more... I it was more a feeling not not in the mind but in the body a feeling of wanting to empower people wanting people to feel more within themselves and to feel more hopefulness for their life 
this is something that I experienced even when I was quite young. And I noticed that you use the word truth a lot. I use the word authentic a lot. Yes. So I, I, I love the fact that you focus on truth. Yes, I do. You know, living, I mean, it seems simple, but it's really not, is it? Most people, a lot of people are not living their authentic life and they're sort of at odds. And maybe their authentic, what I call an authentic life is what you call their personal journey. Yes, absolutely. I believe that if somebody likes the idea or appreciates the idea of authenticity, it takes a great amount of courage. And there are people that you may find that experience living authentically or in their truth only in certain pockets of their life. Sometimes they could have an experience and they're not willing to go there and and get the the light of day put on it because it's too painful so people will skirt around it whatever that is so they will do their best to present authenticity or to present being truthful to themselves or those around them but it depends on even a simple thing as feeling safe to be able to do so right and sometimes they don't they're not in touch enough to know that's part self. of and, and 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 that would be because they either don't feel safe they they didn't feel safe as a young child um not everybody had a wonderful childhood many I have mean, not we are learning just how desperately horrible childhood is and was for so many people and that's part of the journey. That Which convolutes right there. the mm-hmm. true self. Yes. It's hard to find the true self. How do you help someone get on their journey? I will share with you. I have a dear friend who uh, she and other family members unfortunately had been abused as very young children. And we were talking about how to live authentically in regards because of that situation that happened with her and family members something it was a a form of violence that occurred and it sometimes is as about being gentle and she has memory blocks of things that occurred that family members have full recollection of And uh, it's just, we meet and we talk about gently feeling about certain situations, why there are these big triggers that occur and her just being more gentle about it. And if she can sit and meditate on it or just sit and be with that feeling and it isn't about putting oneself down or living in guilt or living with finger pointing and this is something she does very well is to she's very authentic in her way as much as she possibly can and you work primarily with women no i i work with all individuals okay okay um 
Tell us, so most of it is you offer this podcast. Yes. You offer, would you call yourself a life coach? I I, I don't know whether you're a life coach or a shaman. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe both. (laughs) Well, one never knows. (laughs) That's true. That's true. I mean, what would you call yourself? I would say I'm an empowerment coach with a lot of, really good life experience training. Now you have some Native American um, experiences as well. How did that happen? You're referring to, in in what aspect? I'm trying to recall. Well, you've got the Mayan, uh, but you had, like, was it Cherokee, was it? Yes, it was actually a husband and wife, and she brought in the Cherokee teachings, and he brought in the Mayan teachings. And so the two of them worked in conjunction with each other. Okay. So there would be drummings. We had each of us vision quests in which we would go outside, and it was quite interesting because I was actually nursing my youngest child and would have to go out for many, many hours and meditate in the outdoors. And so I I worked at being vulnerable and going real deep really quickly so that... (laughs) I would get back to your child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a motivator. It was very motivational. <laughs> Absolutely. But what an experience. I mean, um, I'm not that familiar with um, anything to do with Cherokee. But the Mayan tradition and their ability to meditate, to... Um, places beyond is phenomenal it is a beautiful marrying of both cultures and that's why this is looked at and honored in terms of Mayan and Cherokee or we could say Mayan with Cherokee Mm -hmm. it was never specified with the exception of something called movement with measure which is a Mayan approach to looking at are they um, sound mm-hmm. movement with measure that would be most particularly Mayan but drumming the yeah. saging can we talk just a little bit about the drumming thing um, yes. what does that speak to because it really is powerful and it really is therapeutic but why it's the voice of the soul coming through the drum wow that's pretty much where i'm at wow (laughs) because at one time i don't remember if i don't know if you remember speaking to the county man um we had a lot of um drumming um, meditation tapes when we were at the house and they were very effective and to tell you the truth I don't know why I, I, I don't know why and I don't know why because I am a researcher that is just 
you know, I, I, I get obsessed with finding out why, trying to learn why. And I really hadn't thought about the drumming for a long time. Uh, the stuff in our house was destroyed many years ago. And so we sort of lost those, those tapes, or they were actually like CDs. Yes. And um, so you're kind of igniting that again with me, like, why didn't we go back to that? Because Maybe. we love to meditate, so <laughs> I, I, I don't know why we lost it. Perhaps it was just put aside so mm-hmm. that you could embrace other aspects of yourselves, and now is the opportunity to return to it. Right, like this was supposed to happen. We were supposed to talk to you and think about how, and it really was because it really was effective for the caddy man, and I have forgotten that. And and he's been, we talk a lot on the show about him struggling with OCD. And so I'm thinking, why haven't we gone back to that? There is, yeah, and there's a, um, we do a meditation in the morning after we do um, some walking and, and yoga, and the we they always send you samples to try, and it seems like the ones that have a more powerful beat, we, well, I know I'm drawn to. You are. And also, when there are chants, when you chant with them, uh, they seem, affirmations. Yeah, affirmations. They seem to. Uh, I get more out of it or more into it, however you look at it. Um, so I don't know if it's the beat or the pounding of the. It feels like maybe it's a pounding inside your body also. I don't know no, what it, it is. It takes you to a place. Yes. And that is something that you respond to. And she's right. We put it aside. So that's that's very interesting. Um, we will certainly pull that back out of our bag. Yeah. <laughs> our you. bag of tricks, as we, we refer to them. But, you know... I, you can, know I add a, can I add a perspective? Oh, please oh, do. Yeah. Movement and sound. So rhythm is something that is inside each of us. And when there is a subtle imbalance or a large imbalance, when we hear a rhythm, which is often the counts of three, a three count, boom, 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 that's what's called the heartbeat of the earth. And when you have drumming that may have that rhythm carried through, it is a form of healing, but it is the rhythm of which your being gets called to, and it does create a realignment or a recalibrating, if you will. Oh, like a tuning fork. Yes, yeah. precisely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of different cultures have something similar to, you know, um, they have the bowls, the singing bowls, the and the Buddhists do. Um, you know, yeah. there are a lot of different sounds, um, even within a lot of the, the meditation tapes, like, um, um, who, who's the guy that we use 
Glenn, uh, Glenn Harold. You know, in the background, he has a lot of of sounds and beats. He likes are, uh, the rhythm of the waves. Waves, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He does you know, use the waves the shore, a lot. Yeah, know. yeah, and, and but it, the the graphics will emanate like the blood running through your body and 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 your DNA. So the subliminal graphics will look very similar to you know the inside of your body which it's, is also what the inside of the earth basically looks like it's interesting to hear of these different approaches to cultivate a sense of peacefulness and wholeness and i have worked with a lot of cancer patients over the years among other uh types of disease that people have gone through and different types of traumas. And again, it's all about the degree of how off center that individual is. It's It doesn't matter entirely what it is that has caused that imbalance. I mean, it's always great to know, but ultimately it's the steps that one will take to come back into that center, into that harmony. People have used all sorts of things from hypnotherapy to dance to um, to moving their body through climbing and, and whatever it is that one needs to do. So if the sound of bells or bowls or the ocean or rain is something, it will resonate with one person but not with another, depending on where the calibration is in their body, where the hurts are within their body. Okay, well, that brings me to my, you know, another, I would like for you to explain. Do you feel that if somebody becomes calibrated, does that release them from going back and reliving that trauma, much like, say, like talk therapy does with a therapist? That's a good question. Or do they need both? I'm going to say that... Because we are human beings, not human doings, <laughs> right? <laughs> important that once we have calibrated to a particular level, whatever that is, basically where somebody feels that, ah, that nice, calm, aha type moment, then there's a new form of calibration that takes place because we're still living. So right. what happens is you may revisit consciously and mindfully a particular trauma and you keep revisiting it consciously until it doesn't have that same hold on you yeah Yeah. that's true that's true healing that makes sense but to calibrate first is to make you strong enough to deal with it here's the interesting thing journey backwards um that's an interesting consideration actually our greatest gift to ourselves and healing is to be vulnerable and to be vulnerable can have enormous strength in healing when we are grieving we're not holding on to anything exactly so when you are grieving is some of the best work that can take place for someone i agree i agree and i can see that 
So, Alexis, you have the Empowerment uh, Podcast, and you do workshops, and you do one-on-ones as well. And you'll do those on the over the computer or face-to-face, or both? Both, absolutely. Okay. Okay, and you're available for keynote speaking as well. I am. Okay. We are so appreciative, and we could talk all day. Yeah, we'll have to have you on the show again, for sure. We would love to have you on again. And um, I I wish you all the best of luck, and it's it's been delightful. Um, Have you thought about writing a book? Something that is in the works, (laughs) one step at a time. It certainly has to be. The reason I'm laughing is is because I've said the same thing to her, and uh, I've been saying, you need to write a book. So it was kind of funny when you said it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, Well, I know our our listeners will enjoy listening, and uh, they will um, look to find you. I, I know they will. Grace, Connor, Caddyman, thank you all very much for the honor of being invited on. I really appreciate yeah. it. The honor yeah. is ours, Alexis, and you, you and yours have yes. a yeah. You you guys have a, a merry Christmas and a great holiday ahead. Thank Absolutely. you. Yes. Thank you. And exactly. And hey, hey. thanks to all of our listeners. Remember, Tempest Fugit, time flies. Use it. And don't forget to move that coffee table, at least to put the presents out. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. We wish you all the best luck, and that's westcoastwomanpower.com. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening.